This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul. Welcome, welcome back to our program. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Pinchas, Tuf Shin Pei Beis 5782. As we enter the period of the three weeks of mourning leading up to Tisha B'Av in just over two weeks. And as always, a very warm welcome to our entire radio family. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We appreciate every single person who lends his ears and puts on a device and somehow joins and, and becomes part of what's going on here on Chai FM. The Torah we spread, the, tra- the, the type of chizuk we try to give, the type of, of inspiration we try to walk away with and take with us into our Shabbos. And it's not just to hear some words of Torah. Whatever we talk about is meant to be discussed at the Shabbos table. Use it as a means of strengthening, of, of making your Shabbos more spiritual, more 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 exalted, and, and more connected to HaKadosh Baruch. In the beginning of the sixth Pasha, we're told the aftermath of the terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy that happened in Jewish nation where a Jewish man, not just a Jewish man, a, a Jewish leader did an absolute act of immorality in public and in, in the presence of Moshe Benu and, and how Hapinchas came and, and, uh, and killed them. And then the Torah repeats again in our Pasha exactly who we're talking about. And we're told, V'shem Is Yisrael Hamuke, the name of the Jewish man who was slain, right? And he gives his name. And then the Zimru, uh, Zimri ben Salu, his name was Zimri, the son of Salu, Nasi base of Lashimani. He was the leader of the, of the paternal house of, of, of Shimon. <clears throat> now, scary, Chazal in Sanhedrin teach us that Zimri was the first Jew to fall prey to the sin of, of public immorality. Now, when one is the first, he opens the door. He kind of releases the floodgates for those who use his example as, so to speak, the green robots for their own immoral debasement. Right? His real name was not Zimri ben Salu. His real name was Shmuel ben Tzurishadai. Shlumiel ben Tzurishadai. When he began to sin, he was called Shaul ben Haknanis. And only after he had become completely, right, the Salate, was he called Zimru ben Salu. Right? In, in uh, Bereshis, in, in Mem Vav, Rashi explains that Shaul ben Aknanis was the son of Dina, Yaakov Avinu's daughter, who was unfortunately violated <coughs> by Shechem. When her brothers Shimon and Levi killed Shechem, Dina consented to leave only after Shimon promised to marry her. Since a number of centuries had passed from Dina's kind of connection with Shechem, followed by her marriage to Shimon, so it's somewhat remarkable that Zimri was still called Shol ben Akinanis. However, as explained by Arav Elio Mongsatzal, it's probably that Chazal want to suggest that this incident was the root cause, the original foundation and, and the fountainhead for Zimri's immoral behavior. For a Jew, <laughs> we are B'nai Avram, Avinu, Yitzchak, and Yaakov to become so completely immersed in, in Canaanite depravity, it must be because the neshama, the soul of his ancestor Dina had been tainted when she was violated by Shechem, the Canaanite. And it's possible to learn perhaps several lessons from, from this. Spiritual impurity does not go away. 
We can take it away. We can do tshuva. We can change. We can correct ourselves. Of course we can. But if, if we don't do something about it, hundreds of years later, it appears as a kind of a, a malignancy that has festered and finally reared its ugly heads. Secondly, we must be so cautious. We can start off as Shlumiel, as a great leader of Klaiso, but if we don't watch ourselves every moment, we can descend and go all the way down to become a Zimri Ben Solo. This is 11.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We'll look back in a minute. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio air of Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Pinchas Tafshin Pei Beis, 5782, as we prepare for another amazing Shabbos, the first one of the three Shabbosas during the so-called three-week period, the period of mourning, and which we have a very beautiful, very meaningful, very important Parshas that we lane during, during this during this this time. So let's focus a little bit on Pasha's Pinchas. We know the beginning of the Pasha is a continuation of a story that unfolded in last week's Pasha, where based on the advice of Bilam Harasha, who wasn't able to succeed in cursing the Jews, Hashem wouldn't give him that free choice to, to do so. As we discussed last last week, uh, but instead he had other advice for 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 Moyav, and that would be that since Hakadosh Baruch Hu is absolutely opposed to any kind of immorality or promiscuity, he suggested that the daughters of of Moyav Nidyan will uh, make themselves available to the Jewish men to do various licentious acts, and that would uh, then uh, bring about a situation where they, they, uh, that would cause HaKadosh Baruch Hu's anger and bring down, bring down the, the, the Jews. And it uh, unfortunately was a successful ploy, and, and many Jews got involved in the service of this, of this terrible, terrible idol, Baal Pa'or, and a plague uh, ensued, in which twenty-four thousand people died, and then there was the, the 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 sort of the biggest confrontation of the whole story was when a man Zimri, who was the Nazi, one of the leaders of the Jewish nation, uh, uh, got involved with a Midianite princess, and and approached Moshe Rabbeinu to to find out whether he was allowed to marry her. The effrontery, the chutzpah of of of, of doing that. And and they were they did immoral acts right right then and 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 there and Pinchas was the hero of the moment he got up and he took a spear and he killed them both in the act of their Im, Im, immorality and Hashem promised him a tremendous reward in the pasuk and the pasuk begins by Hashem saying Pinchas. Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron, Akain Pinchas, who was the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron, the Kain, he is was the one who was successful in in calming down my my anger against the Jewish nation, and therefore he was given the tremendous tremendous rewards that even though according to the original plan he was not going to be a Kain because only those who were the children of Aaron and Aaron's four sons that were born subsequent to the enactment of, of the of the Kuna uh, would become Kainim. Pinchas was already born before that time, therefore missed the cutoff date and would not have been a Kain, but because of this tremendous act of, of, of bravery and sort of coming forward and being the that good Samaritan, so to speak, who saved the moments. He was given the, the privilege of being of being coming a coin a coin god. Now our our story begins. They tell a a a, a story about the uh, uh, Rav Shalom Kamenka, who was one time, and it was during this week, this week of Pashas Pinchas. He came to his Rebbe, who was the great the great Sar Shalom, 
of uh, of uh, from Bells, together with his uh, friend uh, Chaim Tzanza, and they were uh, with the Rebbe, and they asked the Bells Rebbe a question on the words of the first Rashi in this sixth Pasha. What does Rashi say at the very beginning of this Pasha? We said the Torah says, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akain. And the obvious question is, we know who Pinchas was. Why does he have to tell us who his father was and who his grandfather was? So Rashi quotes a Gemara in Sanhedrin and Gemara in Tzaita also. Because all the other tribes were making fun of Pinchas. They were, they were, they were teasing him. They were abusing him. And they were saying, have you seen Ben Putizeh? This, this uh, 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 Pinchas who, who descends from the family of Putiel. Putiel was one of the names of of uh, of Yisrael, shepitem avi imoy that the the father of his mother fattened a golem calves lavaydezara for idol worship for harag nasi shevet mi Yisrael, and he goes and kills a a a prince from the tribe of Israel. So they come with a a a a, a barb, and they say, look at this, look at Pinchas's own family. We know that Pinchas' father, Elazar, it says that Elazar married Mibnois Putiel from the daughters of Putiel. Now we said Putiel is Yisroi. And we know Yisroi had a very checkered past. Yisroi began as, as the greatest, as the high priest, so to speak, of, of Midian. And he tried all the different Avaidazaras and eventually came to, to, to Yiddishkeit. But he, he was uh, uh, absolutely, at one point in his life, absolutely committed to idol worship. So the people, the people were saying, isn't it really rich that the grandson of this sort of confirmed idol worshiper, he should be the one that goes and, and knocks off a Nazi, a prince of, of, of Israel? And, and they, were, they were embarrassing him. They were making fun of him. Therefore, says Rashi, Therefore, the Torah has to remind us, hey, yes, it's true, his grandfather was, was, uh, was a Yisrael, but also his father was a Lozer and his grandfather was Aaron Akain. So they asked uh, the Sar Shalom the following question. <laughs> I understand. What surely the Shvatim also knew that Pinchas' grandfather was, was Aaron. Right? And nevertheless, they still embarrassed him and made fun of him because it's true that his, from his mother's side, his grandfather was, was, uh, was Yisrael. So what does that help from the fact that the Torah says, uh, mentions his Yichus, that he was the grandson of Aaron? And they knew that, but still, that didn't stop them from maligning him for what he did because of his connection to, to Yisrael. Well, what point is the Pesach actually making? How is it saving or remedying the situation by telling us that he was the enacle of, of, uh, of Aaron Akain also? So the Sashulam from Bells answered them, let me tell you a story that happened by the Chayzim Lublin. And the story was as follows. There was a, a Yid who owned a, a tavern in a small, in a small village. And uh, we know that uh, that was his, uh, his Parnassa. And uh, a sizable number of, of the Yidin at that time had this Parnassa of being uh, an innkeeper, a tavern uh, a keeper, where they sold all kinds of uh, whiskey and strong drink to the peasants in the in the area, and uh, with the money they made, they'd be able to pay the rental fee that the lord, the overlord of that whole area, charged them, and whatever was left over, there's a sudden they'd be able to make a a, a panosa <coughs> on 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 the, from from their from their business. Now, not far from where this this uh, Yid lived, there was a certain priest, whatever it was, who 
was very, very uh, uh, not well inclined towards towards a Yidden, and he wanted to to uh, ruin the panas of the Jew. So he he told uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the non Jews there that he should open also. A, a tavern, go into competition with the Jew. The, 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 the priest promised that he would convince all the, all the customers to come to this new tavern instead of the Jew. And that way they'd run the Jew out of, out of, uh, out of business. He wouldn't be able to pay his rent and he'd end up in, 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 uh, you know, sort of, uh, languishing in, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the prison. When the Yid saw that his Parnassah was, uh, was in big, in big trouble, so he went. He went to his rebbe. He went to the Chayzim Lublin to pour out in front of him his concern, his worry. What's going to happen? I'm not going to panas. I'm going to get thrown into jail. And the rebbe answered him that promised him that the guy who took over this, who opened this new this new business, would would not last very long. He would soon he would soon uh, leave this world. And exactly as the tzaddik had promised, so it was. And only a few days later, this non-Jew passed passed away, and all the customers came back to to the to the yid as as uh, as as beginning. Part two of the story. We're going to carry on after the break. Please stay with us. You don't want to miss the end of this exciting story and and the 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 important. Concept that comes out of it. This is one one point nine Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. We're right in the middle. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine Chai FM. One one point nine Chai FM. Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas Pinchas. Tav Shin Pei Beis. We are dealing with we're in the middle of a story. We had this yid who was. Losing his business because some some uh, not very uh, friendly uh, non-Jew set up an opposition business. He went to the Chazim Lublin. The Chazim Lublin told him, "Don't worry, this uh, non-Jew is going to die." And so he did. However, this uh, Jew-hating uh, uh, Galach didn't give up, and it didn't take until long before he found another another non-Jew. Who he uh, put up as the new manager of this of this uh, ta- tavern, and again the Jew in despair and desperation as to what was going to happen ran back to the chayze to to ask him to daven for him and, and uh, please have rachmanis on him and his family that he should escape this this terrible this terrible situation. When the chayze heard his words, he said to him. Be'ez Hashem, I'll daven for you again, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should save you, but it's not going to be like it was the previous time. Because the last time, as you know, uh, after this, this uh, non-Jew died, they came to me from Shemayim. Uh, uh, and Shama came to me with two candles that had been extinguished and they had an argument. Why did you put out these two these two candles? In other words, there was something that was gonna come from this from this non-Jew, some uh, perhaps beneficial byproduct, some child was gonna be worthwhile. And because the non-Jew uh, uh, died, that that uh, those children wouldn't wouldn't be born. So this is what the Belzer Rebbe answered his two Talmidim without explaining what he was going to say. So obviously when they left the Rebbe, they were sitting and trying to understand what, what the Rebbe's kavana was. What do you mean? And they came to a conclusion that from this story, we see that all the Nishamas that are in the future going to come from any particular person are already, so to speak, near that person. They're already connected to him in, in, in like a, in a very small, small sparks. And, and therefore, this, uh, the Shama came to the Rebbe, to the Chayze, with a Taina, that there were the two Nishamas, two good Nishamas, two worthwhile 
beautiful people that were going to come out of this out of this uh, non-Jew, and uh, therefore that they had a, a, a claim against against the Chayzer. So what he was trying to tell them was that here also we can understand the matter of the Shvatim criticizing Pinchas as follows, that the Shvatim were maligning and making fun of Pinchas because they argued that whatever it was that he did, this act of tremendous, tremendous, tremendous bravery and this act of kanos, of, of, of zealousness and, and, and jealousy for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it all came, they, they claimed, from a, a, a side of very, very bad midas that were already sort of entrenched, that were downloaded in, into Pinchas, right, as, as a result of the fact that he was the grandson of Yisrael, who himself had at one time in his life served Avodah It wasn't a jealousy for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was a negative act that came from, his, from, from this, this attraction that he had towards Avodah Zarah that, that came from, from, uh, from his Zayda on his, on, his on his mother's side. Therefore, the Pasuk has to come and say, No! Uh, Elazar, uh, sorry, Apinchas is the son of Elazar, and he comes from Aaron Akain. In other words, he's a holy, holy person who is completely and totally uh, uh, connected, and everything that he does stems from his Zayda Aaron. And the same way that he had his Kedusha, his holiness, as a coin from his, his Zayda Aaron, so too. The fact that he is a, a grandchild of, of Yisrael does not take away from his greatness at all. Because even when, when, uh, when there was Yisrael and Yisrael was doing his thing, uh, Pinchas already existed as a little spark of, of, of holiness that was already then. It was, it was the, the good aspect that kind of was in the environment that was a positive part of what Yisra was. In other words, all those years that Yisra was a, a, a priest for Avedu Zara, so already in his, as part of his DNA, as part of his makeup, as part of his neshama, were the sparks, the good and holy sparks from the children that would come, that would come after him. With this, we can then begin to understand as we get into the three weeks and start talking about issues around the three weeks and destruction of the base of Mikdash, we can perhaps now understand a little better the Gemara in Gitin on Daphne involved that tells us about Nero and Caesar, right, who was sent by the emperor to destroy Yerushalayim. And even though he was a descendant of Esau. He came from the family of Esau. And he should have really been overjoyed at the opportunity to destroy Yerushalayim. Chazal tell us that Nero was not so uh, 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 enamored with, with the idea. And therefore, he wasn't so quick to even begin the job of destroying the Beis HaMikdash. First, he, he did a little bit of kind of a test to see whether he really should do it by shooting arrows into four different directions, in, into heavenwards, and he saw that all the arrows turned in the direction of Yerushalayim. And, and, and you and Kesa thought about this amazing, amazing, completely unnatural why should I? Uh-huh, I shot it to the north. Why is it going towards Yishlam? I shot it to the south. Why is it going to Yishlam? This is this is miraculous. This is completely not not natural. And he understood that Hashem was very interested that his house in Yishlam, his base in Mikdash, should be destroyed. But even then, he still didn't go right away to carry out this this nefarious uh, uh, a mission. First. He found a young child, and he accosted the child, and he said to him, tell me, child, what did you learn today in Cheder? Tell me the Pasuk you learned in, 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 in Cheder today. 
So the, chel, the, the child quoted him. The Pasuk that he had learned, the Pasuk in Yecheskel, which it says, V'nosati esnik mosi be'edom, and I'm going to take my revenge against Edom, Biyad Amiso, on behalf of, of, of my nation, so uh, says God says, I'm going to take revenge against Edom. In other words, Neron understood that yes, HaKadosh Baruch was very interested that unfortunately the Besamikdash has to be destroyed, but he also un- understood that at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch was going to punish Neron because he took upon himself this dastardly job of, of destroying the Besamikdash. And therefore, Neron decided that discretion was the better part of valor, and he decided to run away and become a convert, and he merited that from his descendants came the great Rabbi Meir Balanes, was the descendant of this Neron, Neron Kesar. And the, the Ben Ishchai writes about this in, in Ben Yayada, and he says, it seems to me that since Neron showed honor to the Torah, that he, he not only asked, but then relied on the Pasuk of Torah that this, that this child told him. Therefore, he, was, he merited that it should come from him, Rabbi Meir, who was Meir Eniagoyla, who lit up the eyes of, of Klaisha with his, with his, hal- with his uh, halacha. And therefore, that's why he's called Meir. Says furthermore, that since uh, Neron decided to, to uh, 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 refuse to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, which we know the Beis Hamikdash was the light of the entire world, as the Gemara says, as Baba ben Buta, in fact, uh, says to, to Hurdus, therefore, he was Zaycha that Rameir, Rameir, the, the, the rub of, of light, should come from him. Furthermore, he says uh, that since uh, uh, Neron was overwhelmed by this, this miracle, when he shot the arrows, and they all came down to, to Yerushalayim, when they showed him all their, all facing to Yerushalayim, he was so impressed by that. Therefore, uh, he merited to have uh, as, as, as his progeny, Rav Meir Balanes, Zechusay, Yogen Aleinu, Amen, who so many miracles happened, happened to him. Based on on uh, what the, the Sashalim from from Bells says, we can understand that even a a a a, a, a right, who has whatever neshama he has, but if there's some spark, some good that's to come, even if it's generations later from that person, that is already there as part of his DNA, and it's already. Uh, 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 enacting a, a, a positive influence on on the person. And therefore we could say that this Neron Kesa, because he already had within his spiritual DNA this spark of, 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 a, of, a, of an offspring called Rabbi Meir, so that spark already uh, 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 kind of uh, uh, powered this transformation on him and had a very positive effect that he should ask the child, tell me what Pasuk you learned and to believe in what he said. And also to be absolutely overwhelmed by this miraculous event that transpired with the, with the, uh, with the arrows and, and therefore to decide not to capture, uh, uh, Yerushalayim. That's one way. Perhaps you could explain in a slightly different way. The, the, uh, the, this concept of, of, of Rashi, that because the Shvatim were making fun of, of, uh, of Bilam, and they said, have you seen this Ben Puti that his grandfather was fattening idols for Avadazar, and he's gonna go and kill Anasi in Israel, right? And therefore the Pasuk has to come and, and relate him, no, Tafka back to, to Aaron, Aaron Akain. And perhaps this explanation 
as as an introduction to the explanation, we we uh, need to take a look in the Sefer Degel Machan Ephraim in next week's Pasha, where he explains the Pasuk. The Pasuk says there, Vayedaber Moshe la'om leimor, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the nation saying, Choose from yourselves, people, to, to form an army, the Yiyu are Midian, and they'll go out against Midian, to take Hashem's revenge against Midian. And the Degel Machri says, we can say, perhaps through a, 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 an illusion of Remes, that based on something he says, I heard from my Mechutin, Rav Nachman Harinka, on the Pasuk in Shemais, where it says, uh, where Hashem instructs the Bnei Yisrael, no one should go up to you to Harsinai, no one is allowed to be seen anywhere on, on the mountain. In other words, when a person he draws an illusion when a person really wants to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with truth and with just, with just absolute perfection. So then he needs to think and to kind of imagine to himself as if I am the only person in, in the world. And whatever I, 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 I do, I'm not going to get any reaction. I'm not going to get any support. I'm just there for myself to do my own thing. And that's why it says, it says, we have Allah about the coin Godel. When he comes on Yom Kippur into the Holy of Holies, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim to, to do the service inside there to bring the Keteris, the incense, into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, into the Holy of Holies. No one else is allowed to be in, in the oil moyed when he comes to atone at Seisai, until he comes out. He has to imagine, I am the only person in existence. Nothing I'm going to do is going to make an impression on anybody else. No one's going to be impressed what I do. I'm just doing it for the sake of doing the right, the right thing, not for any other, any other motive. And says perhaps that's also the explanation of the Mishnah in Avas, where it says, where there are no other people who prepare to sort of take a stand. You have to make an effort to be the person. In other words, you have to make every effort to be always, right? And always consider yourself, there's no one else around who's going to do anything. Everything depends on me. And if we have to say that this is the same thing that's being alluded to in this person. Hecholtzu, right? Hecholtzu is, is Lashon of, of remove. In other words, remove from yourself anyone else. In other words, yes, you're going to war. You have to consider I am the only person going to war. I'm the only one being charged with this mandate of fighting the war of Hashem against Midian, and there's no other human reason, no other motivation I have for doing it, except to fulfill Hashem's mandate, only to take Hashem's revenge against against Midian. And they they, they bring us another another as far also Rapinchas Mikoritz explains the pasuk where it says Zes Sefer. Told us Adam. This is the safer of the chronicles of 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 man. That biyoyim b'roy lekim Adam. When Hashem created man, b'dmusel lekim asoisay. He made him in the image in the image of Hashem. It says when a person is serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu and he's doing it publicly, so then there are all sorts of motivations he might have, all sorts of thoughts. Shelo Oh, people will see me. I'll get credit. I'll I'll be praised. I'll be I'll be thought of as being great. There's so many other possible motivations a person could have for what he's doing, not necessarily godly ones. But when you're serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu in private, so then it's very very easy to 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 not have any uh, aside motivations because no one's going to see you anyway. So therefore, 
the best advice is that even when a person is doing something in public, he should imagine to himself as if he is the only person alive in the world. And that will save him from any unaltruistic motivations in the good deeds that he's, that he's doing. And that's what it's saying, Zeh Sefer, this is the Chronicles of Man. This is the, the Limud, the Sefer, that a person has to learn how are you going to be able to keep mitzvahs and do maizim toivim, that, that these will be, of course we know, that is the legacy of a person, which is his maizim toivim. Imagine to yourself that you are Adam, you are the only person in the world, right? Just like on the day that Kashbaruch who created Adam Horishan, there was no one else in the world except him. Then you're able to fulfill all of Hashem's mandates with the right with the right kavana. So we can say that the the shvatim were embarrassing and making fun of Yosef. Huh, Yoseida was busy fattening up cows for Avodah Zarah because the Gemara Saita says that anyone who is arrogant is considered as if he served idols. In other words, since Pinchas did his action publicly, so people suspected him, the Yidin was suspecting him that he, that he took this courageous act of jealousness, not L'shem Shemayim, but for his own glory that everyone should, should see his great Sitkus, etc., etc., and he'd become hero number one. And therefore, that's why he did it publicly in front of everybody. Therefore, Kaddish Baruch has to say, no, no, no. Remember, please, his Zayda is Aaron Hakoyin, no less than Aaron Hakoyin, about whom it says, Remember Aaron, when Aaron went into Kaddish Baruch there was no one else with him. That his Avoida was absolutely B'tzina, and only L'shem Shemayim. So too, his anical Pinchas, when he did what he did, he did all of it was only L'shem, L'shem Shemayim. This one 1.9, the program is Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Halacha segment. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Pinchas Five Seven Eight Two Tafshin Pei Beis, as we head into another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Kodesh, ah, Baruch Hashem, it's been a week, and we've worked hard, and we've put effort into, and Baruch Hashem, we've had Hatzlacha, whatever kind of Hatzlacha we may have had, and now it's time to turn off, it's time to disconnect ourselves from all the things, all the worries, all the preoccupations, all the things that are on our mind, all the challenges we have, and ease our way into Shabbos Kaddish, ah, and just connect ourselves to the Rabbani Shalom and make it really, really a beautiful week, as we'll see in a moment. This is Shabbos Mavarchim, Shabbos Mavarchim of Kaddish Av, but Kaddish Menachem Av. It's the month that ultimately brings us tremendous, tremendous comfort from all the difficulties and all the sadness and all the challenges we face, we have the potential. If we connect ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to His Torahs, to His Mitzvahs, that brings us so much comfort and so much strength, as we always do at this point on the show, just to go through the important details we need to know to get this Shabbos under underway. So the earliest time for Ben Shenlich this afternoon is 4.29 Actually, four twenty nine and a half to be quite precise, uh, and uh, that so that really is the earliest time we can get Shabbos. It means if you got it all together, if everything's on the on the uh, whatever on the on the plateau on the entree, and you're dressed and showered, get those candles lit. Let's get into the into the beautiful beautiful environment of of Shabbos. Obviously, if you have the opportunity to go daven with a minion to be part of what's going on in shul, that is just wonderful because there's no better place to be Makabal Shabbos, and together with the minion, and together with your, your friends, your colleagues, your fellow co-religionists 
in 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 a shul and and chadoidi likras kala to to go out and 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 meet if even if we don't go out literally to the fields but to put ourselves out and 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 make ourselves open to to welcoming and embracing the shabbos the shabbos screen so four twenty nine and a half is the earliest time the latest time for benching lich this coming shabbos is five nineteen nineteen minutes past five is the absolute latest time. For, for benching, for benching, uh, make sure everything is organized and ready by, by that, by that time. Baruch Hashem, the, uh, load shedding seems to be cooperating, uh, uh this week. We seem to be down to a lower intensity of, of, of load shedding, which makes certainly, makes every day easier, but certainly Erev Shabbos makes it easier. We don't have to sort of work out how we're going to manage to either get food hot or keep Food hot, so Hashem, we are very, very grateful to the Rabbanish Lane for the respite, what, however long it's going to, it's going to be. We thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for, for having that Rachmanas and us. We understand, of course, that when we do have a load shedding, it is also totally in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It doesn't pay to blame Eskam or the, or the minister of Evesvos. It's all, it's all. For whatever reason, Hashem feels we have to go go through this little trial and 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 tribulation, rather than perhaps thinking about the fact that oh we don't have light for six hours, whatever two, four, six hours a day. Think about that we do have light, Baruch Hashem, for eighteen, twenty, twenty-two hours a day. That's also an absolutely amazing thing. So the latest time for look benching is five nineteen, which means that shkia. Uh, uh, this afternoon is at 5.37. That's absolutely your latest injury time you could possibly uh, need if you're really, really stuck and you, you get home late and you have no time. That's absolutely the, the last time you could uh, you can do anything. Therefore, if you want to be able to dive in Mayrev at night and not have to repeat Krishma. So the magic time for that is 555, 555, five minutes to six, if you can wait that long. And dive in Mayrev then and say Shema. You're, you are fulfilling the mitzvah, the rites of saying Shema at night, and you'll have no need to repeat it again later. And then you can sit down with your family, with your friends, with those who you care about and those who care about you, and, and share a, a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos Shabbos meal with all the delicacies and all the warmth and all the zmiras and, and divretera and everything that makes a Shabbos meal so unique and so, and so special. Tomorrow is the, is uh, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Pinchas. It's one of the longest Pashas in the Torah. Of course, some of it's going to seem quite familiar. The whole second part of it is all the, uh, uh korbanas of all the different Yom and Torah, starting with the normal Carbon uh, uh, Tamid, and then Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, and then through all the Yomim Toivim of the year. The Haftarah for this Shabbos, of course, is not the Haftarah that's printed in the Chumashim for Pashas Pinchas, but since we're into the three week period, we are reading this week the first of the special Haftarahs that we read during this very, very sad period, which is the first uh, uh, Perak. Plus a little bit of the second in in Yirmiyo, uh, Jeremiah, Vahid Devar Hashem, uh, uh, right? Yirmiyo Aleimar. That that uh, that uh, um, that's the first of the, the the terrible terrible predictions and after about about the churban about the destruction of the of the base of the base Hamikdash. Um, it is also Shabbos Mavorchim, Rosh Chodesh Av Bez Hashem will be on Friday, which of course will usher in the more sort of ramped up period of the nine days and the more intense morning that we have then with the no washing and the no uh, laundering of, of, of clothes and no swimming, etc., etc. And, and of course, uh, except on Shabbos, no eating of meat or, or drinking wine. That will start from Thursday night of, the, of, this, coming, of this coming week. So we bench Shabbos Mubarakim of Av, and uh, we, uh, as I said, Rosh will be on, on Friday. Uh, we do say Avrachim, as we do on all the Shabbosas of the, of the three, of the three weeks. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, we start again.
Pirkei Avos. We finished Perik Vov last week, so we go back and start again Perik Aleph. This this week, and uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at ten minutes past six. Six ten is the end of of uh, of Shabbos Shabbos Kodesh, and we get ready for a another another week. Those who are on holiday this week get uh, get reinvigorated and get ready to to go back to work. Those who are still working. Uh, Shabbos gives you the koyach to get ready for another for another week. We are we are talking about the still the laws of Havdalah. Last week we were talking about the the uh, bracha of the besamim, and we actually said that reality is that when it comes to smells, so there are many many specific brachas for smells, whether the source is from a tree or from a flower or from grass. But we said that on. On uh, on a Moitzah Shabbos, we don't because some people aren't so expert in knowing which bracha um, goes on on which. So we make a general bracha boring mine no matter what it is that we're actually we're actually using because that's like the 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 sort of default bracha, the catch all bracha for for anything. That's actually the way the Ashkenazim do it. The minig, interestingly, amongst the the Sfardim is when they make Avdala, they actually make the appropriate bracha, the specific bracha for the type of besamim that they're actually making a bracha. For example, if let's say they're using uh, hadasim myrtles. Right or, or or rosemary, so then they make the bracha. Let's say of bore atse because that comes that comes from a tree. Says a, a tree, and that says says the uh, says the Mishnah Bura. Um or uh, right. So that, that that's more more specific. And any besamim that is uh, uh, that is really created for the purpose of making a good smell, we can make we can make a bracha. However, any kind of Good smelling thing, where its main purpose is actually to take away and and dispel another bad smell. Let's say the uh, the kind of uh, of fragrances that one might put in a in a in a bathroom, or or the spices that uh, you know that one uses uh, you know to take away a a bad body odor or something like that. That one does not make a uh, a bracha on on good smelling things that come from synthetic material so there we have some will say one should not make a bracha because it's not something that's naturally has a good smell it's only chemically they they created this this good uh, this good this good smell is only an industrial process that created the 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 good smell. However, others say practically no that one can make the bracha bore mine besamim on it because at the end of the day, whatever chemical uh, process, whatever manufacturing procedure was was used that created the the good smell that also came about. Through Hakadosh Baruch Hu's chokma, and one could one could make a smell on that on that uh, on those, on that also. Uh, some have the uh, minig to specifically make a bracha over the esrog that they used that year on Sukkot. That since one mitzvah was done with it, they want to use it for for a, uh, a another, and they use it for for havdalah. Many put. Uh, a, a little cinnamon cloves in in the esrog because that makes this this the smell much much uh, as, as stronger and therefore since it's now coming the good smell is coming from two things from the esrog and and the uh, and the besamim so everyone agrees that you make over it by mini besam we'll come back with a few last comments in a moment this is one point nine high fm the program is soul to soul and this is the greatest radio station in all of africa this is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Pashas, Pinchas, 5782, as we get our last few minutes together to spend a few more minutes learning some Torah, strengthening ourselves, 
to, to get ready for, for Shabbos Kodesh. So we finished speaking about the Besamim. The next process in making Havdalah is, of course, the bracha we make over a flame. And this was also instituted by Achacham that we should make a bracha over a flame on Moitzoy Shabbos. And this, of course, commemorates the fact that on the very, very, very first Moitzoy Shabbos in creation, we know that Adam Arishan was created on Friday afternoon just before, just before Shabbos and, and went straight into the most amazing first Shabbos of, of, uh, of creation. And we know that during the entire seven days of creation, there was no such thing as, as dark. It was, it was light all the time. So Adon Rishon entered a world that Lel Shabbos was light and Shabbos day was light. And suddenly on, on Moitzah Shabbos, it became, it became dark. The seven days of creation we over became dark. And Adam Rishon was in absolute despair. What's going to happen? Is, is the world going back to its origins of being toyovavoyo, of being empty and, and, and uh, completely, completely without any, any substance? So at that time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave uh, Adam the, the intellect, the, 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 the knowledge, the idea, so to speak. And he took two stones and rubbed them together and was able to produce fire and light and, and heat and, and somehow was able then to, uh, to navigate himself through the dark of, 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 uh, of, of night and in appreciation for that fact that, so to speak, fire was made known to man on, on Moetzah Shabbos and it really, in, in a certain way, is probably one of the most important discoveries ever made because without fire we would have nothing you would have no heat no 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 warmth no no light no ability to to cook or prepare food it's it's everything in our in our lives and 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 therefore they instituted to make this bracha on over a, over a, a candle on on Matzah Shabbos now uh, certainly as a first instance we don't make over a single candle we make over a fire Torch, in other words, a a braided candle that has at least two wicks attached to it. Why? Because since there are really two sources to uh, a, a, a fire, uh, then then uh, we we uh, and, and it has a very very big flame, and therefore we prefer to to use to use that. If you don't have a, a sort of a twisted uh, candle with with multi flames, so I can take two, even even I can light even two uh, two matches, right? That they can also be considered a, a uh, and put them together, and that and that uh, also can create some kind of a a, uh, a a a torch, and and if you have no other choice, then you could even make a bracha over a candle with one. With one, uh, with one wick. But we're going to learn more about the candle, please God, in next week's shear. But our time is over for today. So I'm just going to take a moment to wish each and every one of you an amazing, amazing Shabbos. Again, Shabbos Mavarchim. Enjoy the chant, whatever festivities you have in Shul. Make it an amazing, amazing Shabbos. And Be'ez Hashem will join you again on Rosh Chodesh Av next, next Friday. In the meantime, to one and to all, firstly, such a great appreciation to all of you for joining us. And to each and every one of you, a beautiful, warm, inspiring, and lichtig Good job.